What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mission Suite podcast. I'm Ian Campbell. I'm CEO of Mission Suite. Welcome to the Insight Series from the Mission Suite podcast. This is a podcast for people who are new to sales, where we'll be interviewing sales leaders all around the country for insights of the best practices, how to work their struggles, and how to stay motivated to build a more successful sales career. Today, we have Jeff Bunker, VP of Sales and Marketing for BDS of BDS, and I'm excited to be chatting with him to learn more about what he's going to be able to bring us today. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Monica, thank you for the invite. As you said, my name is Jeff Bunker, VP of Sales and Marketing here at BDS. BDS is an acronym for Beaver State Dental Systems. We are a dental equipment manufacturer selling our goods to dentists throughout the country and a few in the international countries as well. Awesome. And again, uh, thank you so much. It's it's always appreciated uh, for giving your time to share your knowledge and experience. And I'm very excited to be asking you quite a few questions. Can I start off with how long you've been in sales? Absolutely. That's a great way to start. I've actually been in the dental industry now for 32 years, uh, starting in the manufacturing side as a machinist. I uh, used to work for another dental company, grew up through that company, and got into sales about seven, eight years into my career. It started from a technical support standpoint, uh, working on the telephones, helping service technicians and dentists throughout the industry. And they discovered, well, you've got some phone skills and you're good with people. So let's give you a position in customer service. And that's what started the whole sales career there. So I have been with BDS now for 12 years and walked in the door as the sales manager. So I've been actively involved with 15 sales representatives throughout the United States. We refer to them as independents. And then we have a team of two people here in customer service, three if you count me as well. So, and that's, uh, so it's been over 20 years now actively working in the sales side of things, as well as technical support in other, other areas, as in marketing and things like that. So you definitely have some experience under your belt. Uh, what um, well, history, if anything? <laughs> yes, that's for sure. So when you first started out, would there be anything that you would have wanted to know at first, uh, or just any advice you can give to someone that would have been in the same position that you were in? Uh, yeah, starting in sales, it's very important. I think in sales, which. I knew who the end users were for our products, which is a dentist. Uh, however, that's all I knew was a dentist. There's way more to dentistry than just being a dentist. And the dental equipment side of that caters to the dentist and the way they do things. So not knowing how they prepared a crown per se, or how a hygienist just does a normal cleaning, Yes, I went to the dentist as a kid and a young adult, but the, you know they clean, you just never really looked at how they did things. So knowing our industry better and how the end users use our product would have been very helpful on the sales side of things. That's actually great advice. It's hard to sell something that you don't know too much about, right? <laughs> well, that is true. I've often been told, especially by my wife, you could sell a farmer a dead horse well, maybe so, 
only if it applies to fertilizer or using it in some other aspect such as glue. But that's knowing the target audience and what they need for your product. So I think that's very important for a salesperson to start out uh, knowing that information as well. The customer database kind of follows in suit. Pretty soon you start learning your customers and how they order and how they do things and how they want to operate. But I think key number one is know your industry and know your target audience. Yeah, it, that that's always a hard thing to learn, I believe, when you know nothing at first, where, where to yeah. even start. So that's a great start to know who you're actually going after, like you said, your end user. So that is great advice. Thank you. And our company is structured a little differently. We actually do not sell to the end user, but we market to the end user. So we sell through what they call a distributor chain. Um, that's very much like a person uh, I'm going to use an automotive analogy. That's like a person such as you or I, we would go to the Ford dealership to buy our Ford minivan. Yay! We would not contact the Ford factory in New Jersey to buy that car direct. They go through dealers and distributors. Uh, BDS is much the same way with the dental industry. So between the dentist and BDS, there's a guy in the middle called a distributor. And those are the dental dealers. They are the ones that go out and provide the installation, support, and sales to the dentist. But as I said, from a marketing point of view, we target the end users because we want the dentist to go to that dealer and say, hey, I've heard about this product, BDS. Can you tell me about it? And that's why we market to the end users as well. So it's kind of a dual thing. We do advertising with our customers or the distributors because many of them have their own internal advertising. So that's the marketing side we do with them. But then we market at trade shows on the internet through our website for the, the end user so they can become familiar and actually curious about our products. Wow, I that's a whole process. So there's a middleman between you and your audience. And so to get to your audience to request you to the distributor, that's, that's a little bit of a process. Am I wrong? It is that? indeed. No, you're, it is indeed. Uh, as I said, I manage 15 sales reps throughout the country. Uh, I'd like to touch bases on that very briefly. And they are what we call independent sales representatives. So based on the sales to their area, they earn a commission. Not only do they represent Beaver State Dental Systems, they may also represent Tech West. That is a compressor company that builds compressors for dental industry. Because a doctor needs air to run a dental unit to make a handpiece turn. And uh, then they need our unit. The air runs our unit. So uh, they may rep other lines. Some of our reps actually uh, represent merchandise as well. So that could be rubber gloves, gauze pads, um, scalar tips, just everyday items they use in a dental office. Uh, so our reps have a broad product line and they all earn commissions from that, but they're referred to as independent sales reps. But that is where I do training, make them aware of our products, 
I teach them about our products so they are knowledgeable and have a good understanding for the different situations and the different ways a doctor practices. Okay, so uh, being a sales rep and specifically with your company, so are those sales reps going to the actual audience or are they talking to distributors as well? The answer is yes on both those questions. Often many of them will be con, uh, I'll give you a very good example. This morning, I received a contact from a dentist in Alabama. He had visited our website and said, I am interested in your products. How do I find out more? I immediately forwarded the email to our representative in Alabama with a follow-up phone call. He is reaching out to the doctor today. So he will schedule a visit, go out, find out what the requirements are, then work with the doctor to see who he's comfortable with for a dealer. Uh, which in the situation in Alabama, there are very few dealers down there. So the selection will be very small. Uh, they'll probably end up with one of the major dealers. There's about four or five major dealers throughout the US. And there's many small little one, two man operations that are also dealers. So when you're talking to dealers, how does that conversation go with that? Because you're convincing them to basically refer your, uh, your equipment. Correct. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. So this is the sales cue and what do we do for how do we differentiate ourselves uh, from other dental equipment manufacturers? So there are companies that have been in business for 40, 50 years building dental equipment. One of the largest in the U.S. is called ADEC. They happen to be in the same town that we manufacture. They're on the north side, we're on the south side. Uh, they do multi-million dollars. They have over 1,500 employees. We're one-tenth that size. We're a small equipment manufacturer. Our market is different. We're more of a cost-effective solution. Um, our current phrase, if you will, or our sales mantra is durability by design. So what we have different marketing aspects that we use, but using that durability by design indicates that our equipment will go in. By our design and choice, we make it durable. How do we do that? We simplify things. It's not complicated. It's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's durable, simple products that will continue to operate. The less things you have in a unit, the less things that can go wrong. I look at cars back when I was a kid at a 1966 Chevelle. A guy could throw a wrench on it, change the battery, change the spark plugs and keep working on it. If you go buy a, I don't think they make Chevelles anymore. If you go buy a brand new Chevy Malibu, I wouldn't know where to start even opening the hood pretty much because of the electronics, the digital, the computers and everything. It's yes, there's qualified technicians out there, but that's not our realm. That's not what I was trained on or grew up with. So our dental equipment is kind of the same way. Very simple, very durable, durability by design. We kept it simple. We utilize the same components throughout the product line. So not every unit has unique parts in it. So that makes it cost effective as well. We often talk to dentists and doctors and they say, well, what's the cost of your equipment? Well, doctor, the question that I have for you just to turn it around is, is it really the cost of the equipment 
or the cost of it working or not working. If a dentist does not have a handpiece that's going zzzz, he's not making money. If his dental equipment goes down and it's so complicated, he has to call a service technician, come out and do the repair, so on and so forth, he's not making any money. That's where our durability comes into play. It's not the cost you pay, but the cost of doing business. You're definitely selling the sizzle and not the steak on that one. But <laughs> I'm sorry? You're definitely uh, selling the sizzle and uh, not the steak. But really with your equipment, it sounds like in the long run, it's worth it. And that's the point that you're trying to get across. Is, that is correct, yes. Is you will be making more money or having consistent results with our products. Correct. And, and not having to call support and trying to get these, these basic parts that can just be so simple, but they aren't with a different product. And so you're having to have a service person come in and get, get that fixed. And like you said, they're not making money when that's happening. That's correct. Now that still can occur with us. We can't manufacture everything 100%. Things are gonna happen. Parts come in from offshore, yeah, lots of different things. You know, uh, we're not 100% perfect, but our mission is to be as, you know, within the warranty period. Uh, that's another thing that we back our product up is with our warranty. Uh, BDS offered a five-year warranty for all oh, the first seven years that I was here. In 2020, we extended our warranty to a seven-year warranty is one of the longest warranties in the dental industry, period. Because we're confident of our product, we have our history on what may or may not fail, and we know that we can support a seven-year warranty without any financial hardships, to say. Because a warranty costs you money. Yeah, it's not out to them, that's, that's our expense. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I never sold a warranty in my life, uh, <laughs> being fairly new to sales and selling uh -huh. a software, there's not really a warranty you can attach to that. Uh, however, how would you go about, what questions would you be asking or how would you lead the, that one of your clients to buying a warranty? Well, we don't sell the warranty per se. The warranty is a selling feature. Any product that goes out the door since January 1st, 2020 includes a seven-year warranty. Oh, okay. There are some exceptions to that, uh, which are in the fine print of our catalog and our website, such as upholstery. You can't warranty upholstery for seven years because little Johnny could jump in there with a pocket knife and slice the upholstery. That's not a warranty thing, within reason. If the stitching came apart on an upholstery, that's on us because we do sewing. So we would warranty that, but we've never had any issues with that. So the warranty, but it's not on the labor side of it. It's not installation, it's craftsmanship in the parts. So the labor warranty to the end user a dentist, that's done through the dental dealer. And that can range anywhere from a 90-day labor warranty to a full one-year warranty. Just depends on their organization and how they feel. But they also look at our products for that. Do they have to go out and make service calls on our stuff? 
the answer being very limited and very small um, helps promote our products with the dental dealer. So using that sales feature, the durability by design, the sizzle, as you said, to the dentist also works for the dealer because it saves them money. They're not going back on it all the time. They've sold it. They've built it. They've got paid for it. They forget it because it keeps working. That's interesting. I, I, I never thought I'd be learning so much about uh, dentist equipment. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I, I teach you everything I know, but that would be quite consuming. <laughs> uh, a lot of it I've learned by attrition and, you know, just doing different responsibilities at uh, different organizations. A meeting with dentists, uh, in my infancy of doing tech support and telephone stuff, I was able to actually go to some installations, some repair work uh, in dental offices. So you start learning things like that. And that circles back to what you were saying in the beginning to know your product, know the processes, understand it. And being there <laughs> is going to probably be the best experience instead of reading it outside of a manual. Yeah, exactly. And it is kind of a specialized industry. The dental industry is fairly small, per se. Uh, it's kind of, there's actually five, that's five, dental equipment manufacturers here in the state of Oregon. We all compete with each other, yet we all share vendors locally. We all buy parts from each other. Uh, it's kind of unique, but uh, yeah, there are five dental equipment manufacturers in the state of Oregon uh, currently. Interesting. It's kind of like the Mecca, how it's, long story how it started here, but uh, the first air-driven dental unit was made in Portland, Oregon. That's how it all kind of started. Oh, and you're from Oregon. If that has I am indeed. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, um, kind of circling back to where we started. So knowing your product and understanding it, it was one of your was your advice and so how do you implement that when training your team so do you go out in the field with them and show them those processes or walk them through anything specifically that they should really understand there's a number of different ways we've dealt with the independent reps when we bring a new independent rep on board we actually fly them here to the factory we'd like them to see our facility see how the operation works, see all the different parts, look at the inventory. Um, if we have the time and the allotment, I will actually sit them at a workbench and say, this is a screwdriver, this is a screw, start putting things together. It sounds silly, but it gives them a sense of accomplishment and being part of the structure as well. So that's a very good training tool for them. The other part of that is yes, I will periodically go co-travel with the associated uh, representatives in their territories, where we will actually be calling on the dealers, uh, the distributors, if you will. We will make set appointments. We will go in and call on them. We'll go over the product catalog. Most of them are familiar with the dental products, but it's a good training tool for the representatives from the factory or from myself on how to present the product and discuss and answer their questions. The third form we do that are the dental trade shows. Uh, um, so a dental trade show is an exhibit. We send the product down there. We set up a booth. We rely on the traffic going back and forth. Most of our distributors also have booths at those shows. 
so they have an opportunity to come over and see our uh, products touch feel kick the tires if you will and actually get exposure if they have not had that in the past so there's those are three key training elements uh, for the independent representatives that we're using kind of same when we hire a customer service rep uh, we have them build some products at first and kind of walk them through the inventory and then throw them to the fire and they start entering orders and they start learning part numbers pretty quickly so yeah, practice makes perfect. Yes, it does. <laughs> so when you are training a new sales rep or independent rep, what is one of the biggest lessons that you try to get through or biggest things that you try to get through to them? Because a dental, dental equipment is such a specific industry. And I've talked about this before where talking talking about different products within the industry and selling those, it's, it's different in each industry. And oh, sure. so what, like how, which lesson do you try to push across or one thing that you really try to make a point of when training these independent reps? All right, this is gonna sound very odd and I'll be happy to explain. Here's my key phrase, all right? Listen with your eyes. Now I'm going to repeat that. Listen with your eyes. Now, here's why I say that. When a rep has an opportunity to go and visit with a, a dentist or even a dealer, if they go into a dealer thing, by observing what's happening in the environment around now, this is really, really important for a dentist by observing the environment around them and how they practice dentistry can help tremendously because they're watching. Ergonomics, if you're familiar with that term, is very important in the dental industry. And the reason I say that is many dentists do, I'll pretend this is a hand piece, do things like this. They're hunched over. Uh, back pain, arm pain, joint pain has been a problem in the dental industry for years, for decades. Uh, ergonomics is much better observed today. There's um, different forms of dentistry. There's two-handed dentistry. That's a dentist working by himself. There's four-handed dentistry. That's a dentist working with an assistant. There's hygiene, which is usually a hygienist working by herself. And um, then there's 12 o'clock side delivery, rear delivery, uh, that are all how they practice. Rear delivery, in my point of view, is very cumbersome because a dentist actually has to turn like this and reach over for the handpiece and then come back to the oral cavity. If the dental unit is built correctly, the positioning can be much better where they really don't have to turn and reach like that. So listening with your eyes, see how they practice, see what makes them uncomfortable. If they're hanging it up in an old dental unit, you see them doing this, it's not shutting off properly or there's something wrong. Maybe doctor, we need to get you into a new delivery unit that would provide you better flow and better function. So listening with your eyes is the key phrase that I use. That's kind of my personal thing, if you will. And I use that for training with the reps. Uh, especially if we have the opportunity to go into a dental office 
You know, I said, wait, we're going to walk in here. You don't have to say a lot. Just listen with your eyes. Watch what's going on and see how they're practicing. If they see, you know, an assistant reaching way over here for something, is there a way we could help them get something closer to them? So it's more flowing movement, better ergonomics. Ergonomics is a big keyword in the dental industry. Years ago, it was a sepsis. Now it's ergonomics. That's really interesting, actually, because with that's different because you're there, the, or the independent rep is there, and they're seeing the actual issue instead of listening to the actual problems and looking for the actual problems that they're able to witness, basically. Yeah. And that's really unique in that industry of instead of listening, actually look and see and experience what that dentist is experiencing and thinking of the solution and bringing that up with them on how they can make it better. Correct. Yeah. So you got it. You need a job. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep your card. Uh, (laughs) There you go. go. (laughs) I mean, so that's, that's definitely something I can take away with, I mean, it's different with selling the software. It's more of listening. So hearing those pain points of, I, I my follow-up sucks, my, I'm not staying in contact with my networking and all, like, listening for those pain points. And they're actually said more often than w- just in general conversation without even having to uh, poke or prod with yeah. it. Well, even in the dental industry, they're expressed. I mean, there are verbal frustrations and, oh, I don't like the way this hangs up. I have the tubing's too stiff. Uh, But, you know, that goes on and on with the listening with your eyes. Just walking into a practice, seeing what they have. I mean, some dental offices have equipment that was built in the 1970s still. Uh, It's it's very interesting. A lot of that has been fed out due to COVID. with COVID the last two years, the dental industry took off. We took off like lightning speed. Uh, we're still experiencing a three to four month lead time uh, based on our backlog. We've been busier than we've ever been. Record, record setting months. Because when COVID hit, the dentist closed the office door and walked away. They did not treat the equipment properly. They did not uh, set it up for that. And when they came back, it was not good. Uh, there are many chemicals cause a lot of problems. There are things that uh, can actually grow bacteria uh, called biofilms that can grow inside a dental unit. Uh, once those are in there, they're very hard to purge and clean out. So a lot of people were replacing equipment and things like that. So the dental industry took a spike. Normally when the economy goes down, dental kind of follows it, but we went the opposite direction, which is very unusual. I've never seen anything like that in my career. So it's been good for our business and uh, lots of growth there so that sounds great though i mean i'm sure there were a lot of businesses that were affected oh terribly you know you look at all the hospitality and food and all that affected so terribly but even with a minimal workforce here uh, being that we are in the healthcare industry we were exempt from you know closure and things like that so we had the opportunity to keep plugging forward but uh, we are now currently, we've had some new people join our organization. So we're at 20 employees now. Uh, pre-COVID, we were at 15 or 16, I think. 
and we're looking at hiring a couple more yet so well it sounds like that your business is doing great and even growing yeah. which is always for a small little company that not a lot of people have heard of uh, we have been around for 50 years. It's a family-owned company. It's owned by a single individual whose father founded the organization. Rick's been working here since he was 17 years old. So, Wow. That, that's great. I, I love to hear stories like that because it. I love supporting family-owned businesses. It always, I just know that the money is going towards a good cause. Correct. And he, he's very, you know, we try to take care of the employees here and look out for them as well. And that's very important to the owner. And, uh, you know, to make sure we all have health insurance uh, through this whole ordeal. Uh, time off if required. Uh, we still, you know, follow all the CDC guidelines. If somebody comes down positive, you take your five days off and then you come back with a mask. You know, we want to make sure everybody stays safe. But he does look out for it. I like working for the smaller company. We're a little more reactive. Uh, we are still all certified with the FDA and ISO and all that. And we, uh, that's you know, operational practices and things like that, which we're all up to date on as well. But uh, yeah, the smaller company is a better environment. When I started at the previous company I worked for back in the early 90s uh, as a machinist, and when I joined the company, there were 30 people. When I left the organization, there were 92. And it became a kind of a corporate more thing type. I don't know. It was just way, you were lucky if you knew everybody's name. It was kind of difficult. So, uh, and then I've now since sold the company off. So it's like, okay. I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that to see it sold off. But things happen. <laughs> it's all right. Well, it sounds like you're in a way better place with a great company. Oh, I, I think I'm in a very good position. And uh, like I said, I really enjoy the organization here. I like all the people that I'm working with, which is very important. Uh, one of the things I really like to do is help people. So that's where the sales side of it come in because yeah, if we're helping somebody get better product in their office, we're helping there. Uh, the tech support side of it, customer service, everything. I mean, I just enjoy helping people. It's kind of the boy scout in me, I guess. Well, thank you so much for being with me here today, Jeff. I really appreciate all your advice and insights on all your experience. And I'm sure everyone else was able to take a few things from that interview. Well, and I hope so, Monica. It was a pleasure. I thank you for reaching out to me. I'm always available via phone call or email or whatever you need to do. Always happy to answer questions and, and help guide people. I won't be around forever. They kind of call me the old man in the industry anymore, but... All my mentors that I used to call on, yeah, they're either retired or passed away now. So, yeah, I'm getting to be the old guy here. But that's okay. I don't mind as well because it's just experience and I'm happy to share the knowledge that I have. Well, I'm going to take full advantage of that. So I'll hold you to that. It's on Good, deal. <laughs> Good deal. And, uh, you know, if uh, we ever have a trade show near you, let me know. You can pop in. I give you the whole tour of the whole floor if you want to do that. So we're off to San Francisco in early September. And then in October, we'll be down in Houston, Texas. Oh, alrighty, yeah, definitely. I'll keep an eye open for that and we'll definitely be in touch. Great. And to all of you listening, thank you for being with us. Make sure to give us a rating and a review to let us know how we're doing and we'll see you next time. Good luck to everyone. Have a great day.
Hey, thanks so much for checking out our episode today. I really hope you found it valuable and got some good takeaways from it. If you did, do me a favor, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcasting app and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. If you'd like to learn more about Mission Suite, check us out at www.themissionsuite.com and there you'll find educational resources and information about our platform. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube and be a part of the conversation. And we'll be back soon. Cheers. Thank you.